Chapter thirty eight of Chicot the Jester by Alexander Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. Chapter thirty eight Castor and Pollux. The king dismissed all his favorites and remained with his brother. The duke, who had managed to preserve a tolerably composed countenance throughout, believed himself unsuspected and remained without fear. My brother, said Henry, after assuring himself that with the exception of Chicot, no one remained in the room. Do you know that I am a very happy prince? Sire, if your majesty be really happy, it is a recompense from heaven for your merits. Yes, happy, continued the king, for if great ideas do not come to me, they do to my subjects. It is a great idea which has occurred to my cousin Guise. The duke made a sign of assent, and Chicot opened his eyes to watch the king's face. Indeed, continued Henry, to unite under one banner all the Catholics, to arm all France on this pretext from Calais to Languedoc, from Britannia to Burgundy, so that I shall always have an army ready to march against England, Holland, or Spain, without alarming any of them. Do you know, Francois, it is a magnificent idea. Is it not, sire? said the duke, delighted. Yes, I confess I feel tempted to reward largely the author of this fine project. Chicot opened his eyes, but he shut them again, for he had seen on the face of the king one of his almost imperceptible smiles, and he was satisfied. Yes, continued Henry, I repeat, such a project merits recompense, and I will do what I can for the author of this good work, for the work is begun, is it not, my brother? The duke confessed that it was better and better my subjects not only conceive these good ideas but in their anxiety to be of use to me hasten to put them in execution but i ask you my dear francois if it be really to the duc de guise that i am indebted for this royal thought no sire it occurred to the cardinal de lorraine twenty years ago only the saint bartholomew rendered it needless for the time ah what a pity he is dead but continued Henry, with that air of frankness which made him the first comedian of the day. His nephew has inherited it and brought it to bear. What can I do for him? Sire, said Francois, completely duped by his brother, you exaggerate his merits. He has, as I say, but inherited the idea, and another man has given him great help in developing it. His brother the cardinal? Doubtless he has been occupied with it, but I do not mean him. Mayenna, then? Oh, sire, you do him too much honor. True. How could any good ideas come to such a butcher? But to whom, then, am I to be grateful for aid to my cousin Guise? To me, sire. To you? cried Henry, as if in astonishment. How? When I saw all the world unchained against me, the preachers against my vices, the poets against my weaknesses, while my friends laughed at my powerlessness, and my situation was so harassing that it gave me gray hairs every day. Such an idea came to you, Francois, to you whom I confess, for man is feeble and kings are blind, I did not always believe to be my friend. Ah, Francois, how guilty I have been! And Henry, moved even to tears, held out his hand to his brother. Chicot opened his eyes again. "'Oh,' continued Henry, "'the idea is triumphant. 
not being able to raise troops without raising an outcry scarcely to walk sleep or love without exciting ridicule this idea gives me at once an army money friends and repose but my cousin spake of a chief yes doubtless this chief you understand francois cannot be one of my favorites none of them has at once the head and the heart necessary for so important a post quellus is brave but is occupied only by his amours Maugiron is also brave but he thinks only of his toilet chamberg also but he is not clever d'epernon is a valiant man but he is a hypocrite whom i, I could not trust although i am friendly to him but you know francois that one of the heaviest taxes on a king is the necessity of dissimulation therefore when i can speak freely from the heart as i do now i breathe well then if my cousin guise originated this idea to the development of which you have assisted the execution of it belongs to him what do you say sire said francois uneasily i say that to direct such a movement we must have a prince of high rank sire take care a good captain and a skillful negotiator the last particularly well is not monsieur de guise all this my brother he is very powerful already yes doubtless but his power makes my strength he holds already the army and the bourgeois the cardinal holds the church and mayenna is their instrument it is a great deal of power to be concentrated in one family it is true francois i had thought of that if the guises were french princes their interests would be to aggrandize france yes but they are lorraines of a house always rival to yours yes francois you have touched the sore i did not think you so good a politician yes there does not pass a day but one or other of these guises either by address or by force carries away from me some particle of my power <laughs> francois if we had but had this explanation sooner if i had been able to read your heart as i do now certain of supporting you i might have resisted better but now it is too late why so because all combats fatigue me therefore i must make him chief of the league you will be wrong brother but who could i name francois who would accept this perilous post yes perilous for do you not see that he intended me to appoint him chief and that should i name anyone else to the post he would treat him as an enemy name someone so powerful that supported by you he need not fear all the three lorraine princes together ah my good brother i know no such person look round you brother i know no one but you and chicot who are really my friends well brother henry looked at the duke as if a veil had fallen from his eyes surely you would never consent brother it is not you who could teach all these bourgeois their exercise who could look over the discourses of the preachers who in case of battle would play the butcher in the streets of paris for all this one must be triple like the duke and have a right arm called charles and a left called louis what you would like all this you the first gentleman of our court mort de ma vie 
how people change with age perhaps i would not do it for myself brother but i would do it for you excellent brother said henry wiping away a tear which never existed then said the duke it would not displease you for me to assume this post displease me on the contrary you would charm me francois trembled with joy oh if your majesty thinks me worthy of this confidence confidence when you are the chief what have i to fear the league itself that cannot be dangerous can it francois oh sire no for then you would not be chief or at least when you are chief there will be no danger but francois the duke is doubtless certain of this appointment and he will not lightly give away sire you grant me the command certainly and you wish me to have it particularly but i dare not too much displease monsieur de guise oh make yourself easy sire if that be the only obstacle i pledge myself to arrange it when at once are you going to him that will be doing him too much honor no sire he is waiting for me where in my room your room i heard the cries of the people as he left the louvre yes but after going out at the great door he came back by the postern the king had the right to the first visit but i to the second ah oh, brother i thank you for keeping up our prerogative which i had the weakness so often to abandon go then francois and do your best francois bent down to kiss the king's hand but he opening his arms gave him a warm embrace and then the duke left the room to go to his interview with the duc de guise the king seeing his brother gone gave an angry growl and rapidly made his way through the secret corridor until he reached a hiding place whence he could distinctly hear the conversation between the two dukes ventre de biche cried chicot starting up how touching these family scenes are for an instant i believed myself in olympus assisting at the reunion of castor and pollux after six months separation End of chapter 38 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia